Hello, and welcome to the Lazy Readings Podcast. I am your host, London Floyd, and today we will be reading about a town who has become so enraptured with the mundane that they have the audacity to forget what matters most. When they chased the wolves into the ocean, they said there was no longer any threat to the rabbits of the town. Everyone unlocked their hutches and let their bunnies roam free at night. Hawks were shot down on sight. Badgers were skinned for their coats. All was well. Until Mr. Hayashi opened his rabbit hutch early one morning to discover that his rabbit had been skinned alive. Mrs. Roberts couldn't stand to look at it. It's not something you want to think about. Poor thing. Utterly disgusting. I pushed through the crowd of people gathered at the edge of Mr. Hayashi's yard. The old man cupped the innards of his dead rabbit in his hand. The blood from the rabbit intestines slithered down his wrists as tears streamed down his face. I spied Sandy Cromwell in the corner of my eye. She did not seem to be distracted by the macabre spectacle that was taking place before us. In fact, her face contorted in a kind of frustrated smile, like how someone is forced to deal with an idiot in customer service. She shook her head and excused herself from the crowd. Three weeks later, it happened again. This time, Mrs. Roberts' rabbit was subjected to being comically gutted and strewn about her yard. The poor old woman nearly had a heart attack. And again, Sandy Cromwell. She was there, standing there with that same damn frustrated smile on her face. She was one of those kids who looked like she was in her 20s, but when you asked her about her age, she would roll her eyes and light one of her dad's cigarettes just to blow the smoke in your face. I'm 14, you sick fuck, is something she would often say to the drunk old men who would catcall her as she passed by their smoke spot on Friday nights. Each rabbit was buried in the rabbit cemetery. The entire town would arrive for the event of a dead rabbit. Candles were lit, cotton scent not too strong, and carrot cake was eaten after. At school, our mascot was the rabbit man. His suit smelled of carrots and weed, and all he would ever do at football games is hop in one place and stare up the cheerleader's skirts. Everyone loved him. The rabbit man was there that day, when Mrs. Roberts' rabbit was massacred, in full uniform nonetheless. No one knew why he was there in full getup. It was a Sunday morning, for God's sake. He didn't talk much, and of course no one could see his face, so he just stood there in the background, a menacing obelisk in a cheap fur suit. Sandy Cromwell did not like the rabbit man. She didn't like most people, but especially not the rabbit man. I noticed her shifting away from him, side-eyeing him as he hopped closer to the gory scene in front of us. The third rabbit death was the last straw for the mayor. He initiated a lockdown of rabbit cages, made a rabbit curfew for little bunnies out past dusk, and gave everyone the right to shoot any person or animal that harms the rabbits on sight without repercussions. I didn't own a rabbit, nor did I want to. I didn't get the appeal of them. They smelled like sewer water and carrots, and the size of their teeth intimidated me. My older sister, Kestrel, was obsessed with them. She had ten rabbits in her hutch, three of them albino. When word got out that the wolves had returned, she instructed me to sit outside at night with the shotgun and wait for the wolves to come back so I could kill them. Of course, being a young boy with more important things on my mind, I told her to go fuck herself with a carrot. Mom slapped me and told me to listen to my sister. Dad gave me the shotgun. So I sat there in the dark, a large double-barrel shotgun in my tiny 12-year-old hands. I asked my dad, how the hell am I supposed to shoot this? 
Learn it yourself. Just keep those rabbits safe, you hear? I rolled my eyes. No one ever told me anything I needed to know. It was always about those damn rabbits. And so I waited. It had been three weeks since the last rabbit death. The wolves, by my calculations, would be in someone's yard tonight to rip the rabbits apart. I feel like I must have passed out, because when I woke up, all ten of the rabbits' entrails were strewn about the yard. Some of the carnage had splattered onto my clothes and hair. I pulled some fur out of my shotgun barrel. After I got a belt to my back from my dad, hot sauce in my skinned knee from my mom, and hands around my neck from my sister, I went to the rabbit funerals. The rabbit man was there again, freaky as ever. Sandy Crommelt stood far away from him as she could, but he seemed to follow her. I noticed bruises covering Sandy's thighs that weren't there before. Her smile was no longer there, but her frustration lingered in the furrows of her brow and the grinding of her teeth. Sandy left halfway through the funeral, and in my stubbornness I managed to evade the temperamental lecturing from my family about leaving a rabbit funeral and sneak through the crowd to follow her. I followed her through the brushes in my yard and deep into the woods on the edge of our lot. She seemed to know that I was following her. She tilted her head over her shoulders as she ran, a smile peeking out from behind her long blonde hair. Wait, I yelled. She pushed on, faster into the trees, dodging through the bramble with ease. She was so fast at points I thought I saw her crawling on all fours, kicking up dirt and moss with the backs of her feet and hopping over tree roots with confidence. I followed her. Deeper and deeper still, trying not to trip on my own shoelaces. My hair got caught in the wisps of leaves that stretched out to grab me with predatory claws. I managed to pull myself free, calling to Sandy once more. Sandy, wait! I saw her stop up ahead. She stood there, a deer caught in the headlights of my gaze. Her nose twitched, her eyes blinking. Sandy, I called to her, frantically pulling leaves and tiny branches from my hair. My breath caught in my throat. Sandy. She stared me down, her fingers contorted in such a way that they resembled the claws of a wolf. Her lip curled in defiance, her gaze shifting up and down my skinny body, almost as if she were disappointed in me. I looked down, uprooting a tuft of grass with my feet. The sound echoed around the awkward silence. A familiar sound. Kind of like when you crack your back after sitting in the same place for too long. Painful and satisfying at the same time. Sandy backed away from me, her nose twitching once more. Why did you follow me? I shook my head, suddenly realizing that I had never heard her speak before now. Her voice was gravelly, like she'd been smoking a pack of cigarettes every day since she came out of her mother. It was mildly seductive, reminding me of the enchantresses in old B-movies who'd seduce unsuspecting men and steal their money. I choked on my words. What? Sandy turned away from me her hands balling into fists, and her voice turning into a whisper. No one follows me but him. The rabbit man? Sandy's brows furrowed, her light blonde hair falling into her face. You see him too, don't you? I tilted my head in confusion. I mean, everyone's seen the rabbit man, Sandy. She rolled her eyes and sat down on a large rock near the center of the meadow. She ran her fingers through her hair, biting her lip. No dipshit. Like, you see him. You see how fucking wrong he is. I mean, yeah, he's creepy, I said, shrugging. Sandy pulled a cigarette and lighter out of her blouse. She lit the tip of the cigarette, took a long draw from it, and said, The rabbit man fucks me, you know. She said it with such bitter honesty that it caught me off guard. What? 
Her jaw tensed, and she changed the subject. Why did you follow me? I stood there in silence with a slack jaw before blurting out. Did he do that to your thighs? Why the fuck do you care? I thought about it for a moment, the answer sliding down my tongue and slipping through my teeth. Curious. I've never really been the type to feel empathy. I just wish people told me what I needed to know, or what I thought I needed to know. She shook her head and took another draw from her cigarette. She seemed to hesitate, sinking into a fetal position on a rock at the center of the meadow. I tiptoed closer, somehow afraid I might disturb her in her silent turmoil, but curious as to what she had to say. I sat next to her on the rock in silence for a few moments until she spoke. When I was nine, he led me here. He led me here to this spot. I don't know why I followed him. It was all okay at first, and then he took off his mask, and now I can't feel anything between my legs anymore. You saw the rabbit man without his mask? Yes, she whispered. Well, what does he look like? Sandy paused, her hands shaking, tears falling into her lap. I felt like an asshole for prying, and I probably was, but the rabbit man was one of the freakiest mysteries surrounding the town. To my horror, I realized that no one gave a shit about the rabbits until he showed up five years ago. After that, he became our school mascot, and everyone insisted on owning those fluffy little balls of shit. It's always about those damn rabbits, she growled, suddenly bolting up from fetal position. She threw the cigarette onto the ground and stepped on it so hard it looked like she was curb stomping someone. It's like the town doesn't want to know. They don't care. Sandy turned to me, the tears in her eyes evaporating from the fiery anger that now took their place. Her lips curled in a sultry smile, her tongue caressing her teeth in a way that made me shiver. You want to know a secret? At this point, with everything she told me, I just shrugged and said, Yeah, sure. I've been killing them. The rabbits. I tilted my head in confusion. Why? Because it's always about them. Every goddamn day. Do you think it's weird that the town puts those little fuckers above us? I mean, yeah. I want them to suffer. The people who let him rape me. I want them to know what it's like to be torn apart from the inside bit by bit. I want them to see the wolf that I've become. To see their precious rabbits screaming in pain the way I did when I lost my virginity to that thing. We sat in another awkward silence, this time much longer than the last. Finally, in my stubbornness, I blurted out, But seriously, what does he look like? Oh, you'll see. She put the cigarette out on the side of her leg. I noticed a bunch of burns mixed with bruises littering her skin like a toxic waste dump. I've got a plan for the rabbit man. Her lip curled back, a low growl erupting from deep inside her throat. Her fingernails dug into the rock she was sitting on, mineral deposits flaking off onto her fingers. Sandy stood up. She flicked the cigarette butts into a large pile of butts near the rock. She looked me up and down, and with a little grumble, uttered, Thank you for noticing me, kid. No problem, I said, scratching my head. But you're a kid, too, you know. Sandy's eyes became distant, like she was in a trance. Not anymore. Suddenly, she turned to me, her eyes glowing an ominous blue in the darkness of the trees. They said the wolves are back, but there never were any wolves, only monsters in cheap fursuits. And with that, she walked into the forest. I still didn't know what the rabbit man looked like, and it frustrated the hell out of me. I went to church later that day with my family. The preacher held his rabbit aloft, 
the sheer girth of the rabbit obscuring his face as he spoke the sermon. Praise be to the rabbit, and damnation to those who have the audacity to open the hutch. Everyone said amen, but I just rolled my eyes. Just another day of everyone sucking the rabbit's foot in hopes they get lucky and go to heaven. As always, I was bored, my head resting in my hand, and my hand having the annoying urge to masturbate. I thought about Sandy and her long blonde hair. I thought about what she said to me and how she said it. I thought about the way her lips curled back in a sneer and how her knuckles tensed as though she were about to claw someone's face off. The look of sheer anger on her face, it fascinated me. Never in my life had I seen someone so bitter, so deeply enraged to the point of breaking. Emotions fascinated me, and I feared them. I admired her for taking initiative. The doors to the church were flung open in a violent thrust, everyone turned at once to face the intruder. It was Mrs. Roberts, her curly gray hair covered in blood and her face contorted in a delirious trance. I... I saw... Her voice trailed away, as did the color of her face. The preacher stepped down from his pedestal, quickly making his way toward the distraught old hag. Clarice, sweetheart, what happened to you? The rabbit hutch at the school. Gone. All gone. The church erupted into cacophony of festering, irrational resonance. I was at the center of the hurricane, indifferent to everyone around me. I saw nothing wrong except for the comedy of it all. It was like everyone in the damn town was an actor in an over-exuberant soap opera, and only Sandy and the rabbit man existed with me in some other alternate plane of existence. What should we do? An old man wailed at the back of the church. I never bothered to learn most people's names, since they never bothered to learn mine. We must find the wolf that did this and burn it. Tear it limb from limb. Make it suffer. I rolled my eyes. Here we go again, I mumbled to myself taking my butterfly knife out of my back pocket and waiting for the mob to organize. Suddenly, the crowd went silent. The preacher clapped his hands and put his finger up to his mouth. Shh! Everyone, did you hear that? There was a long, deafening silence, followed by a muffled howling. Wolves! The wolves! Mrs. Roberts screamed, clutching her bosom with uncomfortable fervor. Outside, the rain beat against the stained glass window, droplets of water dripping down the face of Jesus. The church lights flickered, lightning flashed, and then, for a moment, there she was, peering through the stained glass, a fiery flicker of pure disdain burning in her eyes. A wolf's head rested on top of her own, her lip curled back in a vicious snarl, her knuckles bent and ready for the kill. It's the wolf! Kill it! Tear it limb from limb! The church collectively grabbed what they could. Chairs, fire pokers, candles, anything that they could find to kill a wolf. I put my butterfly knife back in my pocket. The mob of distraught churchgoers ran like sheep through the muddy grass. Don't let them get the rabbits! The preacher held the holy carrot aloft, his nose twitching violently. I spotted Sandy out of the corner of my eye, slinking between the trees. She seemed to be circling all of us, silently aloof but wanting to be seen. She howled, her voice beginning to waver. Where is it? I hear it. The mob frantically looked around for a source. I locked eyes with Sandy, and I finally understood. She wanted us to follow her. All of us. I waved my hand, beckoning the mob to listen to me. The wolf! It's heading toward the school! I led the erratic, disheveled crowd through the rain. I felt like a shepherd who was forced to lead a bunch of sheep to a slaughter. I shrugged it off, keeping my thoughts on Sandy 
who was now running at full speed through the trees, hopping effortlessly through the bramble. We soon arrived at the school, and to my dismay, I felt legitimate shock for the first time in my life. On the school doors, the words, Fuck the rabbits, were written in messy handwriting with what looked like blood, but what really shook the town, what caused the mayor to shoot himself in the head, and why Mrs. Roberts had a stroke, what made Mr. Hayashi claw out his eyes, and caused my sister to lose all her hair, was the rabbit man. He was hanging from the rabbit statue, just his head. His body was found later in the forest, by the rock where Sandy would sit, his organs gutted and strewn about the meadow. The rabbit man's mask was peeled back to where he no longer bore the face of a rabbit. His face was twisted in an erotic grimace. He wasn't human. At least, that's what it felt like when I looked into his eyes. His eyes were glazed over, a soulless black. I shivered, and in that moment I realized what Sandy meant when she said that there were never any wolves, only monsters in cheap fur suits. I glanced upward the moon beginning to rise in full right above the school. In a silhouette, I saw her, the wolf head sitting proudly atop her own. She bent her body backwards, and with one last hurrah, she howled, and in unison, the wolves howled with her. I never saw Sandy again after that. I never saw any rabbits, either. <laughs>